It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It's the end of the week. We're closing this out with the close of our Twitter spaces. We're going to talk about all things Orlando Magic, expectations for the season, and a whole lot more. Let's get to it. It's a Friday episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Magic. Today is September 9th, 2022. My name is Philip Rosreich. I'm the site expert and editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to finish up our Twitter spaces from Tuesday, a replay of that, answering your Orlando Magic questions. That'll help us close out the week. Um, and I'll make a quick site, uh, a quick podcast announcement here coming up in just a moment. But first, Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And don't forget, we're also thankful uh, that you made Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your daily routine. There's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA, so check it out wherever you download podcasts. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Um, I know I've been noting this all week. I'm actually recording this Thursday Thursday uh, morning um, before I leave. I am heading out of town for the next couple week or for the next week or so. So this is the p- final podcast of the week. Obviously, um, you should you should have it in your inboxes on Friday. Uh, you're obviously listening to it, so it's that 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 goes without saying. Um, but next week we will have two recorded episodes. Um, that will come out Monday and Wednesday. Those are already scheduled. They're already in the can. They're ready to go. Um, if there is any breaking news um, beyond Eurobasket, Eurobasket will handle when I get back. Um, if there is any breaking news, I will come on here and do a quick show, not a full show, um, to talk a little bit about it. Um, so I will not completely abandon you, of course. Uh, Eurobasket, of course, is still going to be going on. Uh, Germany takes on Montenegro in the round of 16 on uh on Saturday, that'll be Saturday at noon. We'll have coverage of that on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. So for the latest on the Orlando Magic, check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. That's on Twitter at OMagicDaily. I'm always available there. I will still be connected, uh, but my availability will be less. So there may not be a post every day like there there usually is. Um, and certainly we will not have podcasts. The podcasts that I do have, the topics that I do talk about are evergreen. We're certainly still in the NBA desert. So uh, two two. I think they're pretty good episodes. I, I'm really proud of Wednesday's episode, actually. So definitely tune in Wednesday um, for a little bit of Orlando Magic History, which I absolutely love talking about, too. Those are my big announcements. I'm going to enjoy my vacation. You're going to enjoy the Twitter spaces as we dive back. Uh, we're going to hear now from Cole. Cole, how's it going, man? Hey, 
Good, thank you. Hey, how's it going? Hey, good. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. What's up? Great. Um, yeah, so my question is kind of, you know, looking around the league, who is the, you know, Donovan Mitchell, maybe not the greatest fit, but other sort of all-star level players that might be, you know, where the franchise might be blowing things up and saying, let's reset. Who do you think is the next type of player like that that's attainable? And who do you think of those, who do you think would be the best fit? Like a, maybe like a, I don't know, like Michael Bridges, like if the Suns decide to blow it up, that's just an example. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, 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 I get that. I get that. Um, this is the probably the most, like probably the notoriously the most difficult thing to predict in the league. Um, we all know it's going to happen. Um, like every, to everyone who was like, oh, the magic, you know, an opportunity to get a guy like Donovan Mitchell doesn't come around often. He fits the timeline. You got to go in for it now. And I was just like, this is the NBA. Like if Paolo's as good as we think he is, they're going to be players scheming and, and trying to get to Orlando and, and, and play with him. Um, you know, it's, 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 it, it, you know, it's not hard to see that happening, and, and, it's, and it's like really hard to predict. I mean, Bradley Beal's been on the trade block for for how long, and he's he hasn't left Washington yet. Um, you know, he's certainly an option, or certainly a guy that I think a lot of people think could be next on the block. You know, Damian Lillard's been super loyal to Portland. I know, I think he just signed that extension there. He's probably not leaving, but you know, Portland may make a decision like that. Um, Shea Gildas Alexander is probably the next big fish that everyone's circling around. But you know, Oklahoma City's a team that's kind of like Orlando where they've been rebuilding, and eventually they're going to break through. They're going to have so much young talent. Eventually they're going to piece it all together at some point unless they just unless they just think playing the lottery is, is, is the game itself. Um, but, you know, I, I can't sit here and tell you who that's going to be. Um, you know, I know a lot of Magic fans have kind of had their eyes on Luka. Um, you know, again, that's, that's going to be on Luka's timeline. That's going to be Luka's decision. Um, you know, it's hard to look throughout, you know, it's going to happen because this is the NBA and it happens. Um, but it's hard to look through the league and say which team is ready to blow it up and which team uh, is going to pull the trigger. I mean, we sat here in what, February 2020, knowing the trade deadline was coming up. And, and I was fairly certain that Evan Fournier was going to get moved and perhaps Aaron Gordon. I didn't think Nikola Vucevic was going to get moved uh, at the deadline. In one fell swoop, the Magic completely changed that trade market. Um, they completely changed... Uh, what everyone was think, what what everyone was thinking, what everyone could do, um, you know. Again, Utah kind of did that this summer in, in dealing Rudy Gobert and, and completely shifting what the market could be. It, it, to me, it's rarely the predicted move. Uh, you know, Dejounte Murray from San Antonio to Atlanta. San Antonio deciding to kind of blow things up, and, and honestly, San Antonio might be the worst team in the league this year. And, and that's really odd to say because they're the Spurs, or they're kind of gold standard for the league. Um, it it. it it could happen at any moment, um, and any team could suddenly decide, you know, this isn't working. We gotta reset. We gotta restart, and and suddenly the whole trade market shifts. And again, it's it's often not the team you think of. It's it's not the player you're thinking of, um, you know. So I, right, I, I yeah, I gotta you gotta give me a team though. I'm I gotta give you a team. Um, I know I, I I do this I do this a lot. I'm I'm, I'm good. I'm giving you an easy out. Here. I, I I'm I'm good I'm good at taking that out. Um. I do think that if the Magic are trying to angle for something, if the Magic are trying to angle to, to speed things up, I would be in constant contact with OKC about Shea Gildas-Alexander. Um, we know Oklahoma City has all those draft picks. We know that they are 
They're, they they seem they, they they have all these young guys. They're probably not against taking on more young guys so that they could go spin out some other moves. Shea Gildas Alexander to me just doesn't fit their timeline anymore. Um, that is a guy that is an All Star caliber player that's being hidden away. Uh, you know, frankly, I know Oklahoma City hasn't been doing this like extreme tank job for this long, for that long. Um, but they've wasted two really they've wasted two All Star caliber seasons from from Shea. Uh, and stuck him on the bench toward the end of the season to to continue to, to continue tanking and continue to trying to get get high draft picks. At a certain point, a guy like Shea's got to say like, "Hey, y'all, you gotta you gotta at least give me a team to work with and try and win now while I'm while the getting's good." And and if Orlando is a little bit further along, um, I would say that that is a guy I would push my chips into the center for because he is on their timeline. He's a young guy. They could they could be good with him for the next six, seven, eight years alongside Paolo Bancaro um, and have a guy that would put them in a position to to, to take that, to, to elevate themselves and take that next step. So if, if, you, if you're making me pick a team, if you're making me pick the next big deal um, for a young team to kind of take that leap the same way Cleveland is trying to with Donovan Mitchell, Oklahoma City and Shea Gilgis-Alexander is my pick. All right, makes sense, I guess. They got to they do something with their assets. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, kind of flipping it around, though. Okay, so you could be looking at someone on Orlando thinking the same thing. Like, hey, you know, we're ready to blow up. You know, let's go. Let's go grab. Let's go grab some some guy to, to solidify ourselves. You know, maybe not Orlando, but but you know, they're, they're probably doing the same. They're probably working both ends of the candle. Um, so yeah, it's it it's hard to predict, but it is going to happen. That's 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 always my point. All right, thank you. No problem. Um, appreciate it, appreciate it, appreciate uh, you jumping on here. Hey everyone, we're going to take a quick break from the podcast and from the discussion to tell you a little bit about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. With football starting up, it is definitely time to get back into that. Find all the latest football developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games in the NFL. That's Sunday. Uh, BetOnline also is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. They've also got some NBA futures up, including NBA Rookie of the Year and Paolo Bencaro's over-under on scoring and rebounds. That's exciting. The fastest, easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to hear again uh, from our pal, uh, Harry, who's uh, jumping back on here. Um, sorry, I know that's what it says. I, I know you said that wasn't your name, but that's what it says here, and and, and, and I'm forgetting that. But uh, how's it going, man? Uh, what, what do you have for us again? 
Hi, um, I'm good. Thank you for having me back. Uh, I've got two more questions. Okay. That I've just picked up from listening. Uh, first one is, where do you see Mo Bamba's progression going for this season? And second of all is, um, if Orlando wasn't doing great in, say, two years' time, do you think there becomes a point where Paolo Banquero wants to get a trade away or some sort of out from Orlando? Yeah, I mean, that's always that's always the concern. Um, I I would tell fans, don't worry about that quite yet. Um, Paolo Banquero has signed a, a contract that is four, that's two years guaranteed, team optional third and fourth year. So the Magic have at least four years with him. More likely than not, they have eight. Um, the only thing that would be somewhat concerning is... The NBA's uh, uh, media rights deal is coming up, I believe, in 2024. That is expected to increase. That is, expe- you know, that is expected to like blow, you know, kind of blow up the salary cap again a little bit, like did the, the last right. time. Um, the only concern I would have is that Paolo would not sign an extension outright um, to kind of wait for the new cap numbers to come in uh, and sign a contract under the new CBA or under under the new television rights deal, um, but. Having said that, this isn't a Shaq situation where the Magic don't have matching rights. They have matching rights on Paolo Bencaro. And if Paolo Bencaro is as good as we think he is, even if he isn't super super thrilled about staying in Orlando, the Magic have the ability to bring him back. Um, so essentially what I'm trying to say is Orlando has eight years to figure this out. Um, they have eight years to build a team that will keep Paolo Bencaro with this, with this organization beyond those eight years. Um you know, the clock is ticking, um, but it's not ticking fast yet. So, you know, I know Magic fans were kind of like a little nervous, you know, because we're expecting Seattle to get an expansion team once that new CBA and once that new TV money comes in. Um, and they should absolutely get an expansion team. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly for that. Uh, a lot of people are like, man, Paolo really likes Seattle. Maybe he wants to go play at home. He, he's not going to have that option for at least eight, eight seasons. So the focus for Magic fans when it comes to Paolo is a – Get the most out of Paolo and develop him into the superstar that we all think he can be. But B, build it. You have eight years to build a team to to to, to convince him to stay. Um, you know, I, I told I I I know I said this to friends about Dwight Howard. The Magic had eight years to build a championship contender. They built one in what five in four or five years, uh, and then they tore it down. And when it came to decision time, the Magic weren't a championship team anymore. That's that that's that's one of the reasons why they lost Dwight Howard uh, at, at the end of the day. Um, you know, the Shaq situation was a completely different environment. Um, the T-Mac situation, he signed a, a, a six-year deal. At year four, he was ticked off at management. He was ticked off um, that the team had the worst record in the league. He, he asked out. The Magic, you know, didn't really... The Magic had some leverage still, but didn't really have a lot of leverage in, in, in that situation. Here, the Magic are in complete control of the situation, and they're going to be in complete control of the situation and, and really be the big determinant of whether they're going to be able to keep him. So... I would advise Magic fans who are, you know, scarred from all the superstars leaving this franchise. The Magic have Paolo Bancaro for eight years. If this team can't figure out how to build a winning team around Paolo Bancaro in eight years, whether that's developing him or building a roster around him, they don't deserve Paolo Bancaro. That's 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 the truth of it. Eight seasons is plenty of time to figure that out. Yeah, I fully agree with that. And uh, what about Mo Bamba? Um, so with Mo, uh, you know. I don't really know what to expect from Mo. Um, you know, I, I am expecting him to be better. Um, his role is going to be different this year, and, and I think that's going to be the most interesting thing because you know I think I think he slots out, slots in as as the backup center. Um, so I think he's going to be coming off the bench again bench again this year. 
Um, but uh, we'll see. You know, I think I think he. I, I hope he's an improved shooter. I hope he's more willing to dive to the basket and work in the paint a little bit more. Um, I hope we see that improved defensive awareness. It, it was definitely improved last year, but I don't think it was where we ultimately want it to be, or, or where we think where we think it should be with him and, and, and his talent. But um, you know, also honestly, wouldn't surprise me if the Magic go big and start him this year next to Wendell Carter, especially with the injury to Gary Harris now. Um, and, and maybe try a, a Franz, Paolo, Wendell, Mo lineup just to see what it looks like. I, I certainly would expect to see that in preseason just as a, a trial balloon. Um, but it's it's definitely hard to hard to predict. Hard to predict. You know, I think if the Magic see what they saw from Mo Bamba last year, they won't be upset by it. Um, you know, honestly, I, I I'm not sure Mo is a develop. You know, I, I, they want him to develop. They want him to get better, obviously. But I, I think that. They view him as a as a secondary player, as a bench player right now, and 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 that or that's at least how I'm kind of viewing him as we look at at this upcoming season. Okay, can I sneak one more question in? Uh, sure. I I, I see I, uh, I see someone raising their hand. I'll, I'll get I'll get to you here in just a minute, but I'll, I'll go ahead. Last question. Okay. Um, if Jonathan Isaac isn't to start this season, is it time we look to move him on? Maybe. Um. Probably not just from the start of the season. Um, I do think that if Isaac is struggling with injuries, look, beyond that, before we even get to that, I don't consider Jonathan Isaac a core player of this team anymore. Um, I'm not counting on him to be a starter, to be a a main player at this point. He's got to go out there and prove that he can be that. Um, So to that extent, he is a little bit expendable. But um, the important thing for Isaac this year is that he just plays. And plays... Fairly consistently. If, if he's playing, if he's on the court, if he's showing signs that he can get back to where he was, then he's earned another year. Um, this season is about his recovery year. Um, he hasn't played in two seasons. He's going to need time to get back. You're going to have to deal with the ups and downs of that, of that and of that rehab. Um, so this season is very much about, um, about taking steps forward, uh, just getting back on the floor, uh, and, and being someone that this team can can actually play and and and, and use again um and and I don't think we can say it's anything more than that okay thank you I appreciate it no no problem the NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every Monday Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, Daniel Mortensen. Daniel, how's it going, my man? Hey, how's it going, Phil? Hey, how's it going? What question do you have? Hey, got a question for you. Is there a possibility that RJ Hampton can actually be the starting two at the beginning <laughs> of the year? Simply because he can mimic some of what Gary Harris does. Um, the, the answer to that question is yes. Um, you know, it, it's an old San Antonio Spurs trick. Um, where they, you know, they establish roles, and if a player gets hurt, they don't change roles, or, or you know, they don't, they don't, they don't kind of mess with the rotations. Um, so, like if Danny Green missed, it, you know, back in the back in the heyday of the Spurs, if Danny Green missed a game, instead of starting Manu Ginobili and in, in, at the two guard spot, 
they'd start, I don't remember who they had off the bench, but they'd, they'd start someone off their deep bench in that spot, still bring Manu Ginobili off the bench, still kind of keep him in the same role. They really valued kind of the consistency. So yes, to answer your question, um, if the Magic believe that RJ Hampton or that that Gary Harris is ultimately the starter or they want Jalen Suggs coming off the bench for whatever reason, they probably should start RJ Hampton. I, I think that's absolutely an option. Now, the fact that this injury is happening before training camp, before they actually establish roles, makes me think that that's not going to be the case, that, that it'll be sort of an open competition and they'll take the best player. Um, at the end of the day, uh, essentially that's what they did last year when Gary Harris was the late scratch. They started Jalen Suggs and they never really looked back. Um, but uh, but yes, I, I think RJ Hampton's very much in the mix for that because you know if you use him as a standstill shooter, if you use him as a spot-up shooter, he was a really good shooter last year. Um, you know, he shot, what, 40% from the corners, um, he was a really reliable shooter. You know, I know the defensive numbers didn't really like him. I, I think he was definitely a little overeager at times, but he was really pesky defensively at times too. So, um, I, I don't think that uh, I don't think that uh, that that that's completely out of out of the question. I, I don't think R.J. Hampton was as bad as the numbers suggested, or as bad as people think. I was. I think he was put in some bad spots. Um, I think that I think that he wants to play away play sometimes in a way that is not going to be most successful for him. So. If you could give him a buy into a role, I think he I think he can be really fine. Exactly. I was thinking that if he can buy into that Gary Harris role, uh, you make corner threes, you guard the two guard on the other team. That's it. You can do some backdoor cuts. Yep. Dunks. But that's uh that's 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 not always what he wants to do. That's 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 the problem. He's he can, like he sometimes gets in his own way. <laughs> of course. If he can buy into that, he has a future on the team. If not, and 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 look, and look, you know, I think I think that sometimes can be a little bit harsh on on RJ, on RJ, but like I think it's always worth recognizing that you know all these guys entering the NBA for the most part, they were the star players on their teams, and one I think one of the most difficult things that you see from young players, especially, is when they get to the NBA and they're suddenly not the star of their team, and they're not the main guy, and they're not the guy with the ball in their hands the whole time. Um, making that adjustment is really hard. Like, we're, you know, theoretically, Cole Anthony seems like he would make sense as a sixth man, but that's going to be really hard for him to adjust when he's, when A, he's been the guy on this team for the last two years, really, and B, he's never had to play that role in his life. And, you know, it's not even 100% clear the Magic will ask him to play that role, but if they do, that's, it's going to take some adjustment for him. And, and, you know, it might be something that he really embraces and he takes too quickly, or it might be something that he struggles a little bit with, especially if, there's injuries that kind of put him back in the starting lineup for a little bit. So, you know, it it it's it's easy to say like, oh, RJ needs to accept this role and play this way to be successful, and, and maybe we can all see that and it's clear. But at the it, from a human perspective too, it's really tough to change your mindset to something that you've never done before, uh, too. And 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 again, the guys that figure it out are the ones that are successful at the end of the day. I totally agree, and I think that's part of the reason why paying Gary Harris. You know, thirteen million dollars a year was a good idea, and keeping Terrence Ross for so long is because the two of them can explain to them, "Hey, look, this is a role that you can define on. You can actually, you know, continue in the league." I mean, especially Gary Harris, who went from averaging eighteen points a game and being a soup, being a star in Denver, who made a game-winning shot in the playoffs, to lowering it down to be a role player, to you know, taking a backseat to a Jokic and a Jamal Murray and all that. So I think he can definitely do that with them. Same with Terrence Ross. Yeah, for sure. No, 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 no doubt about that. And again, those are guys that can show show players. And again, this is why veterans are so important. 
they show players the work it takes to to fulfill those roles, to fill those roles, and and how you know your preparation doesn't necessarily change because you're in a you're in a diminished role. Like I mean, those are two guys that I think everyone on the team looks up to, um, and 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 views as veteran leaders. So yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's obviously it's obviously a thing there. Also, one last thing, I think Lamelo Ball actually might be the star that gets traded first. I was, you know, I have so so um, in my apartment. I have this 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 standings board that I have um, that I got as a birthday gift back in 1995, like way like way back when. I still keep it up. You know, all the all the logos are outdated. Um, there's no Pelicans, obviously. Um, I was looking at this and I was thinking, you know, maybe Lamelo Ball is the next is the next guy. Like, you know, I I'm, I'm personally I'm really interested to see Charlotte this year. Um, I think that. Uh, that is probably the most talented team Steve Clifford's ever coached. Um, they have a lot of questions, I think, because there's a big hole where Miles Bridges is is supposed to be, and obviously the Miles Bridges situation is much more serious beyond basketball, and 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 I don't think we should reduce that down to all oh, the Hornets are going to be missing a really important player, but the Hornets are going to be missing a really important player, and that could derail their whole season. So, we'll, well, see. I think it, I think also I love Steve Clifford, but I don't think he's ever had a player like Lamelo. No. Talent-wise, but also just the way Lamelo. He he's never he, he's never had an off he's never had a team as offensively talented as the Charlotte team. If if yeah. if Steve Clifford can get them to play defense at the level that that he got this Magic team that was not good defensively to play defense, that team is really dangerous. Um, losing Miles Bridges is a big loss, and I, I have questions about their depth. And again, I don't want to reduce Miles Bridges to just basketball. The reason he's not playing is is because he's probably going to going to be in prison, and and, yes. and if he's convicted, he deserves to be in prison. Um, that that whole situation is is awful, and um, you know, hopefully justice is served. Uh, you know, for 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 every for everyone there. Um, but but yeah, this this is a really talented. This was a really talented offensive team, and Lamelo Ball just makes offense easier. And so if Clifford can teach teach them defense. Their offense is going to be there for for them to be really successful. Now, if he slows them down too much and doesn't let Lamelo be Lamelo, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> that's where the problem is. All right, hey, one last question before sure, we leave. Sure, sure. Uh, can you give me a prediction on a team where things go wrong, they may just blow it up? I kind of have a sneaking feeling that it might be the Bulls. Uh, I don't think it. I, 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 Only reason I say it is if Lonzo has missed the season. With Lonzo being out, I know they got Caruso, they added Dalen Terry, they added Goran Dragic, but it does not replace what Lonzo brought to them. Yes. And if Levine misses any portion of the season with a knee injury, I think they're in deep trouble. So, I, I don't think they'll blow it up in the sense of they'll start completely from scratch. Like, yeah, they may trade Nikola Vucevic, they may trade uh, DeMar DeRozan. They just signed Zach Levine to a four-year deal. So, th- they're going to look to still be competitive. Like... Could they make a move to go get like a D'Angelo Russell and just make their offense really, really good? Sure, I, I, I think that I think that would be something they they might consider doing. They're still going to be looking to be competitive, and especially this year since they don't have their own pick because the Magic have their pick this year, they can't afford to be bad. So they're at least another year from really blowing it up, from really starting over. Um, Brooklyn is probably still a team that you have to look at as a team that would blow it up because just everything about that team is so combustible right now. Um, so I, I would definitely have an eye on them. Um, you know, Washington would be my other candidate just because you know they, they're going to give Bradley Beal and Kristaps Porzingis the opportunity to play together, and I think I think they'll be a lot better than people think because I think people are still severely underrating Kristaps Porzingis. Um, but that clock has been ticking forever, and eventually it's going to run out, and eventually Bradley Beal is going to be say like, hey. 
y'all tried. It ain't working out here. I, I, I want to play in the playoffs. I want to compete. You know, I got to get out of here. Okay, perfect. The only thing I would say on Chicago is if they were to blow it up, they may try to do what I think it was Houston did where they would owe their pick to OKC, but they just tanked straight to the bottom. Yep, that would be that would be the only thing that would derail it. <laughs> They'd have, if they were if they were that bad, then they might go for it. But I don't think they're going to be that bad, even if, even if even if Lonzo's out. I agree with you. I just think they may be a fun team to watch. Yeah. Oh no, we'll be watching them all year. Don't worry about that. One hundred percent. Yeah. No. No problem. No problem, Daniel. Thanks for hopping on as always. Um, let's hear again uh, from from Dylan. One second. What's up, Dylan? Philip, I had a follow up this is kind of off the court. How do you feel about the uh, new practices facility? Do you think it will attract uh, free agents? And uh, do you also think that they'll finally get shovels in the ground for the new uh, complex, the entertainment complex that they've been promising for a decade? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been forever. I, I actually got asked a lot of questions about the entertainment complex. Um, Alex Martin spoke to the Orlando Business Journal and said the plan is to put shovels in the ground beginning of 2023 with a with a projected opening in 2025. So um, it does sound like now that they're done with the training facility, I think that was their, 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 their big project. Now that they're done with that, they're going to turn their attention back to the entertainment complex and start working on that and getting that done. And, and, that, and that's really exciting. I think that's going to create such a great atmosphere um, at the Amway Center. It's been, it's been a long time coming, like you said. Um, the Magic have actually already moved their, their corporate offices downtown. So um, that's, that's, that's a really good sign, too. Um, the training, the, the Magic's new practice facility is just unbelievable. I, I kind of hope that they do a public open house and and let at least season ticket holders take the tour and see it. The tour that they gave the media, um, which I was which I was fortunate to be a part of, was just so incredible. Um, it, I I can't imagine there's another training facility. I, I've seen renderings of San Antonio's new facility, um, which also looks incredible. Um, I, I can't imagine there's another facility right now that that has everything that this thing has. Um. And, and there's plenty of room for it to expand and to shift and change as needed. Um, obviously, the big thing for the Magic, they just needed more space. Um, the way NBA teams prepare, the way NBA teams grow now, they need more space. They just outgrew the Amway Center and the practice facility in there. And it's not that that practice facility is bad. It's just small. It's tiny. There's just one basketball court. You know, Every time we would go um, for uh, media interviews, literally everyone is working at a, ha- at a half court you know, there are players on the main court bumping into players on the two side courts. You know, you have to kind of work drills around that. That does not happen on this in this new practice facility. There's two basketball courts. There are two half courts for shooting. It it's it the space is just unbelievable. I think I think they said they moved from six thousand square feet of court space. We're not even talking about all the bells and whistles, but elsewhere, six thousand square feet of court space to twenty one thousand square feet of court space. Um, so. It's just that expansion alone is, is just going to change the way that the Magic prepare and change a lot of things for this team. Everything else is just bells and whistles and just there to to just give them all the resources that they want, that they need to, to succeed. And, and I think Wendell Carter said it best um, after after we got the tour is like, with with all of this, we don't have an excuse to be bad. Like, we can't be bad if, if we're going to have all of this. And I think that's just generally the mindset that this team has, like they have all the resources to be as good as they need to be. You know, some of it, you know, I, I don't know why, what an altitude chamber is going to actually do for them. They claim to be the first team in the league to have an altitude chamber. 
um, the sleep deprivation stuff. You know, people, a lot of guys swear by it. So if it's going to help them, it's going to help them. Like they're, they, they, all those bells and whistles are going to help. The, having the imaging center like right next door, literally they just go through a door uh, and they're in the public part of the building and they can go get an MRI. They can go get a CAT scan. Like that stuff, that convenience stuff is really important too. But they're, they're going to have all the resources they need to be to be better. The building's really nice. It's really convenient convenient for, for, for games and stuff. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine that free, you know, I don't know if it's going to ultimately sway free agents one way or another. I think having these kinds of buildings and having these kinds of resources is, is expected to be honest. Um, you know, I don't think it's like college, I don't think it's like college where, you know, you, you wow someone with facility at this point, these are pro athletes, you know, with billionaire owners. I think the players expect to have all the available resources they need and, and want, you know, they want to see the commitment that teams are going to make to make them better. This is just something that I think is expected. And, and so I, I think it gets the magic in conversations, but ultimately what's going to determine whether free agents sign with the magic is, are they closer to winning a championship? Can I be my best here? Can I win a championship here? And that's obviously the part that the magic need to need to start working on now. Right. Definitely. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate you jumping on, jumping on Dylan. Uh, we have been going, um, we've been going here on the, uh, on the at least a Twitter space uh, for the last hour fifteen, uh, I, I I think that's that's plenty to, to cut it off. I appreciate everyone uh, who jumped on to the Twitter space who asked a question. Apologies for the diversion there on the Twitter space uh, that will be edited out um, when we get to uh, the podcast to the podcast version. But I want to thank everyone who jumped on and asked a question. We'll I'll, I will try and do these more regularly. Um, I love interacting with you guys. It's, it's one of my favorite things that I do. I love the questions that you bring. I love the energy that Magic fans bring as well. So I appreciate everyone jumping on, asking their questions, uh, and, and being involved and, 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 and being, uh, engaged with the Orlando magic here through the NBA desert, as I like to call it, as we get closer and closer to the beginning of the NBA season, we have a lot of stuff, a lot of fun stuff planned, uh, for locked on magic. We have a lot of fun stuff planned, uh, on Orlando magic daily as we get closer and closer to the season, but that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for joining today's Twitter space, for, jo- for listening on locked on magic, for reading out Orlando magic daily, for all those websites, for everyone else, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. We'll see you all again next time uh, for Twitter Space and wherever you content that I create. I appreciate everyone jumping on. See you later, guys. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.